It's the fourth and final hour of First Up for this Thursday morning. Big snowstorm overnight in southern Ontario. I think it probably depends on where you are, just how vicious it was, like downtown. I mean, there was a lot of snow, but I mean, it's pretty much cleared up now. I mean, the snow still remains on the ground, but I think if you're up north in like Aurora or Newmarket, probably more significant accumulation. Um, so that's um, good news, depending on where you are. We have Braden Shen coming up, Coco, at 9.30. St. Louis Blues, great player for a long time. Uh, one of your former teammates, a Stanley Cup champion. And I've been debating, like, how we approach this, right? Because it's been a difficult week or so for Braden Shen and the team, right? I mean, Ryan O'Reilly, his boy, won a cup together. A very close friend of his gets traded out. Noel Achari traded out. Tarasenko sent to the Rangers. Probably Barbashev will be on the way out in the next couple of days, too. I mean, it can't be easy for an athlete like Shen. And I think it was McLennan on Overdrive a few days ago talked about how he was doing a Blues game. And what did he call it? A very somber environment. And when you're on a team like St. Louis or, I mean, there's a long list of teams that are going to be sellers ahead of the deadline. And you've experienced this in your playing career when you're looking around the locker room and be like, all right, this might be the last time I ever play with this guy again or see him for a long time. That can't be easy on the psyche of a professional athlete. No, it definitely isn't, especially when you come into a season where you have higher expectations as a group and as a team you know, to, to have a better season and be a playoff team. And then it completely falls off the rails. And next thing you know, you're watching guys that you look at as such important pieces to your, your group, your culture, to your organization start leaving one by one. It's, it's, it's never a fun place to be. And then, you know, I was talking to him the other day and, you know, we were talking about the lineup that they put together in, uh, in Ottawa where basically, Aside from their top line that had Cairo, Thomas, and Barbashev, it was pretty much a, an AHL lineup. And, you know, when that sort of message starts to get pushed by your GM, basically saying, okay, we're trading all players, you guys didn't do your job, you've got 20-plus games left to play, and it's, 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 it's a really hard environment to walk into every day because you know you know you're probably not going to be in the playoffs you know between now and the trade down there's probably going to be more guys that are being traded but as a professional you still got to show up you got to work hard you got to play you got to play to your best and you just got to try to make the most of the situation i think that's ultimately what you know the team like the st louis blues are going to try to accomplish here near the end yeah, and you're fighting for your position in the NHL. I mean, you don't take anything for granted. I mean, you lived that life for a long time, and when you have an opportunity to suit up in an NHL game, you take full advantage of it. No one's mailing it in. Maybe Patrick Kane for like 20 games there, but he's doing the exact opposite now, who is absolutely on fire. And I'd be curious to know Braden Shett's thoughts on Patrick Kane as a guy who he's competed with for a long time and the impact that he could make on a roster. So Braden Chen up in about 25 minutes here in the program. Looking forward to that. Another thing I'm looking forward to was the big announcement made yesterday by the NFL about the new Netflix series. Man, Netflix is churning out. Yeah, I saw that with the quarterbacks. Which is like, I guess they're trying to keep me because I think as of today, and what's today, the 23rd, maybe as of yesterday, you can't have like multiple accounts used in different locations on Netflix. So maybe they're, you know, putting out this release to keep the TSN radio radio guys and radio listeners involved because it's called Quarterback, and it features behind-the-scenes access of Patrick Mahomes, of Kirk Cousins, and 
Marcus Mariota. I think yeah. I'm going to skip ahead past that part. But I'm curious. I'm curious to see you know behind the scenes of Kirk Cousins because this yeah, guy takes on the a plane. lot of slack. And yeah, obviously with the 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 chain dance that he went viral with. But uh, I wonder, like you know, you talked about the whole Netflix thing, and you're a big stock guy. Should you be buying Netflix stock right now? Well, the streaming. Because... If, you want me, if you want to know my official position on the streaming services, the answer is no. It's not a very, a very uh, stable business because okay. you have so many options, right? Disney and Hulu and Peacock yeah, but you'd have to think that Amazon people that have been sharing Apple. Netflix are going to be getting their own accounts right now. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. They're just going to move not. to something else. I'm not. I'm not doing it. So you're going to get a Netflix account. Are you kidding? No. I'm. Dude, there's all. There's alternatives. I'll put it that way. There are easy ways to get around it and find everything thing on Netflix. Also, the service that you and I use has its own Netflix. So okay. I'll tell you about that during the commercial break. You don't need to worry about that. But no, I, I don't believe that is the case. And for Netflix, the amount of money it costs to produce this type of content is very, very significant. This is a partnership with the NFL, partnership with Omaha Productions, led by Peyton Manning, who essentially, essentially acts as an executive producer of this series, which is super cool. And I love Peyton Manning now. Didn't really like him so much as a player regarding his personality. Obviously, you're a tremendous quarterback. But uh, I'm really excited to see how this this all, whole thing plays out. I love Hard Knocks, the series that HBO produces, the behind-the-scenes of a team leading up to training camp. And there was one with Arizona throughout the regular season. But this is a different thing. Like Mahomes mic'd up for the entire season. Like mm-hmm. that stuff that we saw when he got hurt against Jacksonville and you believe he was faking the injury or at least embellishing it against Cincinnati and maybe in the Super Bowl as well against the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, there should be some great stuff from him. And Kirk Cousins, remember that they were down, what, 33 points to Indianapolis yeah. and they came back and won? Oh, what a horrible day that was. Mm-hmm. Try to forget that from my memory. But there's going to be some highlights, and I am fired up for this stuff because I love the behind-the-scenes sports content that you just never are able to to watch. Look, you're absolutely right about Patrick Mahomes. The only thing that I fear about Patrick Mahomes is we're going to get a greater insight of the life of his wife and his brother. Oh, not and, Jackson Mahomes, and please, I just, no. Like, it's a channel changer for me because, like, the – like. His brother, especially. Like, did you see all the the TikToks this guy was creating? This guy's the worst. He's on, actually the worst on this with the Super Bowl parade <laughs> and post game at the Super Bowl. Like, I, I don't need any more of that. And if this is what they're going to show in this Netflix doc, it's going to be okay. Fast forward to Kirk Cousins or Marcus Mariota. <laughs> I don't know why Marcus Mariota was chosen to be in this. It doesn't seem like the most interesting guy as a quarterback to follow. I mean, he you know he has played on different teams and he has, you know, endured some injuries, but mm-hmm. um look, a- anything that gives you the behind the scenes look of of, you know, a professional athlete I think would be um intriguing TV and and, and cheese just mentioned on our group chat like if the NHL was to do a version of this, what type of players or which players would you want to see? Like to me, like yeah, okay, McDavid's the greatest player in the game, no, but like, is no, he going to no, show no, you anything no. behind the scenes? Is Sidney Crosby going to show you anything behind the scenes? Like, I don't know if those guys would actually be one signing off on it because I think they just they're so structured and secretive in the things that they do in their lives that they just don't want anybody knowing about it. But I would love to see a Mitch Marner in a Netflix documentary. Yeah. Oh, I'd love well. to see an Austin Matthews. Man, we or a way of Nylander. 24-7, the HBO. We saw the behind-the-scenes. The good one, right. Randy. That's from 
Right. Joe Kessel and Randy Carlisle. And my personal favorite was, I think it was the 2012 New York Rangers that you saw everything. You were taking a team parties. That was, I think, Rick Nash and Ryan Callahan. Our boy Michael Delzato was part of that. Brian mm. Boyle. And you I think I was, I was in that. I was in that. They actually came to St. Louis that year, and they played us, and we, we spanked them when they came into St. Louis. I think it was like 5-1. And I was in a couple of the clips. Really? Um, laying some hits. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> some hits. I was. I'm I was. sure. Buddy, you're a big hitter. You were a big yeah, hitter. Me, me Bill, and Petrangelo, Garen. Yeah, so a listener texted in. Could you imagine a Netflix series on Brad Marchand? Like oh this guy, goodness. this guy just loved. Did you see his chirp recently on, on social media when the NHL announced that where their next couple of all-star games <laughs> yeah, might be? I did. Edmonton, Detroit, and Seattle. And he commented on, it was on an Instagram post basically saying, yeah, I can guarantee guys are going to boycott those games. Yeah, Edmonton in uh, in January, I think not. Yeah. That's a hard pass for me. A yeah. hard pass for me. But Texas 10-50-50, your thoughts on who you'd like to see behind the scenes of It's easy for, you know, if you're a Toronto sports fan, obviously you want to see Marner and Matthews and Nylander, Ryan O'Reilly and John Tavares and all the fellas for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'd love to see an, an Ovi, you know, yeah. background. TJ Oshie. Our guy Dylan Strome. We love Dylan yeah. Strome. Yeah. So, uh, there's a, or maybe the St. Louis Blues might be the in, most interesting team right now. Maybe. Considering what they've dealt with. We'll ask Braden yeah. Shen about that. He'll join us in about 15 minutes' time. Coming up next... Another fantastic segment created by Cheese. It's our NBA post-All-Star predictions. He has put together a series of questions. Coco, you and I will answer them next. I think this is like the uh, NBA on ESPN theme. What a track. Whoever mm. scored this one did a fantastic job. We're back on first stop. Aaron Karulnik and Carlo Koliakovo. We welcome back our producer, Cheese, to the program because he's got some big-time questions for us, Coco. The NBA All-Star break has concluded. The teams, including the Raptors, back in action tonight against New Orleans. And we've got some questions for post-All-Star. Cheese? What's question number one? So we did touch on this a little bit earlier in the show, but I want a concrete answer. The 2022-23 NBA regular season MVP will be... So it will be Nikola Jokic. Not necessarily because of, I think he deserves it and this and that, which I do believe, but there was a straw poll done by Tim Bontemps of ESPN that included a number of voters. I think almost all of the voters who voted anonymously on the award. This was last week, and Jokic received like 78% of first-place votes. So pretty good shot. He takes that down, assuming Denver holds their place as number one in the West, and he doesn't get hurt. So I think it's pretty much a lock to say that Jokic is going to win, barring anything happening. He's minus 240 favorite uh, at FanDuel. But if you were to pick somebody else outside of Jokic, of the three names that she's has given us who provides the best value is it mm. Embiid at plus 600 Giannis at plus 700 or Jason Tatum at plus 1800 
Well, Giannis is hurt, right? He's going to miss a little bit of time with that wrist injury. So it wouldn't be Giannis. I might go with Jason Tatum. I mean, if Boston can win the East, which is very possible, and maybe Boston rip off 60 wins, they'll have the most in the NBA. And Tatum has a really big second half. I mean, the guy's had an amazing season. He's an incredible Just won the MVP at the All-Star game, too. Yeah, yeah, 55 at the All-Star game. So maybe he could add an NBA MVP to his list of accomplishments in addition to NBA All-Star MVP. Mm. I like that. I like that. Cheese, what's next? A little bit closer to home. What situation are the Raptors more likely to be in during the final weeks of the regular season? Resting starters to get a better draft pick or fighting to qualify for the play-in? Well, I think for Raptors fans, considering the approach they took at the deadline, they better be fighting to qualify for the play-in. And if it's not the play-in, it should be for a top-six seed because... If they're arresting starters to get a high, better draft pick and they did nothing at the deadline to help improve or at least uh, recoup some assets that could help them in the offseason, this would be a massive failure uh, at the hands of Masai Ujiri and the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, there's no way they're resting starters for traffic. It seems almost impossible. Barring something that is just outrageous that occurs, they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot, a play-in spot, or a playoff spot, and anything short of that would be an unmitigated disaster. The team in California that will win the most playoff rounds is the Clippers, the Lakers, the Kings, or the Warriors. Ooh, okay, so the Lakers, they're not, they have no chance. The Kings, maybe. They're probably going to be in the playoffs. I think I would go with the Clippers here, though. As painful as, as it is to overlook the Golden State Warriors and everything that they've accomplished as a team, as an organization, as a franchise over the last decade or so, I think the Clippers are the healthiest at this point in time. They brought in some good players at the deadline. Save Russell Westbrook. Say what you will about him. You have Kawhi Leonard, who's playing like Kawhi Leonard, and if he can stay healthy for a month, who knows how deep this team can go. Yeah, I, I would love if the Clippers could do it because it would... Um, serve my Kawhi Leonard fandom that obviously I have because of what he allowed us to experience here in Toronto. But I think the right answer here is the Golden State Warriors. I don't think the Golden State Warriors care one bit about the regular season. This team knows when fully healthy, come playoff time, they can beat any team in the league. And I tell you what, if you're any top team, in the Western Conference, and you have to play the Golden State Warriors in the first round of the playoffs, you are not happy with that matchup. There's no Steph Curry <laughs> right now, no Wiggins right now. If those guys come to full health, you got Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and all the other young pieces that won a championship last year. How do you not like the Golden State Warriors to be the best team in California right yeah. now? Golden State 29 and 29, 500, a team that is 22 and 7 at home, Coco, and 7 and 22 wow, on the that's road. That's crazy. Isn't that weird? I mean, you know, you probably <laughs> at home. Yeah, I like Golden State. Golden State is as good as anybody at home, but on the road, they are just horrible. Cheese, what's next? The player most likely to win the 2022-23 Most Improved Player Award is Lori Markinen plus 135, Shea Gilgis Alexander plus 135, or Jalen Brunson at plus 350. So when we say most improved player, it's a player that it's improved last year to this year. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, it's Shea, kind of ambiguous, did, right? Did I mean, it's Shea Gilgis really... Alexander improve that much from last year to this year? I mean, I've always thought Shea Gilgis Alexander has has turned himself into a star in this league. And yeah, you know what? He's had some unbelievable breakout games this year. And if he actually gets um, put in this award, he should win it because he's the better player of the three. But when you're talking about most improved, I think it has to be Laurie Markkinen. Mm. This guy was a throw-in to the Utah Jazz because they wanted to tank, and he's turned into a star in Utah. An all-star. So I think he's the guy that has to be the runaway favorite for most improved. Well, full disclosure, I did bet yesterday on Jalen Brunson plus 350 to win this award. My thinking is it's the New York bump, right? If the Knicks make it in the top six in the East and Brunson's their best player, he's been incredible, by the way in the last 25 games or so. He's having a huge year coming over from Dallas, signing that big ticket with the Knicks, and basically being everything and more than what the Knicks could have imagined him to be as their point guard. But I still lean towards Laurie Markkinen as well. I think you make some really compelling points. You're spot on. Laurie Markkinen was not expected to do anything, and he's been thrust into this role in Utah and been nothing short of exceptional all year long. And I do hope Brunson wins. I think he needs to probably average close to 30 a game to uh, to ultimately win it, but I, I wouldn't be stunned if that's something he's able to do because he's been as good as almost any guard in the NBA over the last month or so, and I would expect that to continue tonight. We're going to get into a hypothetical here. If the Bucks and Suns rematch in the NBA Finals, except this time Kevin Durant is donning a Phoenix jersey, who wins? Mm, I think this is easy. One. Really? It's the Phoenix Suns. Oh. Phoenix should have won the last time around, but didn't Chris Paul get injured late in the he finals? He always gets there? injured in the playoffs. I mean, though. they were up two nothing in that series, and they ended up losing four straight to lose the series outright. They're not doing that. They're not losing four straight with a team that has four of those players: Aiton, Durant, Paul, and Booker. But again, health is going to play a big factor in their success or lack thereof. I know the Bucks; they have that you know that resume of being a champion. But if there's a rematch. It's hard not to take the Suns in this, especially with Kevin Durant being there. You're right, man. It, it is. But at the same time, I think you have to value continuity, value chemistry. And the Bucks have a lot of that. Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday, they've played together for a long time now. And Who was their big acquisition at the deadline that they picked They brought up? in, I think it was Jay Crowder, if I'm not mistaken. You're right. Good, it was. Who's a good, who's a good yeah. playoff performer. They have Brooke Lopez, a.k.a. Brock Lopez, who is one of the leading contenders for Defensive Player of the Year. And Grayson Allen's been really good for that team. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the Bucks as a sneaky pick to win the NBA title. I don't know how sneaky it is. They're one of the favorites. But when you have the best player, which I think Giannis is, and the performances he put up in the playoffs last year, it's really hard to bet against him. Last but not least, which NBA star is most likely to be traded this offseason? Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, or Trey Young? It's got to be Trey Young, yeah, for sure. Trae Young, I think they would be sure. thrilled to get rid of him in Atlanta if they brought in some good assets. Trey Young's an amazing fantasy basketball player. Tons of points, tons of threes, assists. He's not a winning piece. Like He's not going to be your 
go-to player when you're talking about a playoff playoff series. And I get it. He has done some really good things in the playoffs. But if you're talking about winning an NBA championship, I don't think Trey Young could be your centerpiece. And I think Atlanta might be looking at a full-on retool rebuild come the offseason. Yeah, it's crazy to think last summer they gave up three firsts to bring in, uh, what's his name from San Antonio? Yeah, DeJounte Murray. DeJounte yeah. Murray. And, wow. That's a tough uh, pill to swallow for them. But, yeah, like just look at the names. Anthony Davis is not leaving the Lakers because LeBron won't let it happen. Joel Embiid is not leaving the 76ers yes. because they're He's still awesome. trying to win. Siakam's not leaving the Raptors because... As long as Masai Ujiri is here, he's not getting rid of Pascal Siakam. Shaquem, though. They could trade Shaquem. They could trade Shaquem, yeah. Trey Young's the obvious one here because he's already kicked and screamed all season this year. He's got his coach fired, and <laughs> he's the obvious candidate for me. Another man who I would be stunned if they would be traded is Braden Shen of the St. Louis Blues. Having a great year, as he seemingly does year after year with the Blues. He is one of the long-standing members of the organization now, and he's only been with them for, what, six or seven years, St. Louis? But a lot of the guys he has played with in St. Louis have moved on uh, to bet to just different things, I guess, and Ryan O'Reilly would be one of them. We'll talk to Braden Shen about that and what it's like being on a team that is selling off pieces ahead of the deadline eight days until the NHL trade deadline. Braden Shen of the Blues joins us next on First Up. The Blues get it in front. They work it to the front of the net. Shin shoots. He scores. Braden Shin. Power play goal. 4-2 St. Louis. 8-18 to go. Third period. Now, we all have memories of big moments as sports fans of where you were. The Jose Batista bat flip here in Toronto. Or maybe it's when Kawhi Leonard hit that four-bouncer against the Sixers. Or maybe it's when Ryan O'Reilly was traded to the Maple Leafs. When that email came out, the tweet came out from the Leafs that the team has acquired O'Reilly from the St. Louis Blues. I know I was at a bar. Coco, you were driving home from (laughs) working a CHL game at TSN. And I wonder where, you know, or what his teammates were doing at the time. Let's welcome in one of our favorites from the St. Louis Blues. Good friend of the show. It's Braden Shen. What's going on, Braden? How are you? I'm doing good. How you doing? Uh, yeah, things are we're things good. are good. We're yeah, game day today. So uh, yeah, we play. Uh, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Van- right you got now? Vancouver anyway. tonight. You got Vancouver. Vancouver. Both of my brother, but uh, yeah, we're, we're playing Vancouver tonight. Well, it's been such a whirlwind for you guys. And I've watched a lot of interviews, read a lot of articles about everything. O'Reilly traded, Tarasenko traded, all the rumors. I mean, what is that like in the day-to-day? Because, I mean, it has to weigh on the psyche. I'm sure the coaching staff's telling you guys to stay focused. You're one of the leaders on the Blues, obviously. What type of message are you trying to relay to the rest of your team? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's been one of those years, obviously, if you, uh, if you'd asked Doug Armstrong at the start of the year, uh, this part of the year where, uh, he didn't think he'd be trading, uh, those two guys already, you know, two weeks before the deadline. And, um, you know, it's been, uh, you know, right now it's, it's obviously tough. Um, you know, usually if you do trade guys like that, it's usually, you know, at the deadline and, uh, our deadline obviously came a little bit earlier uh, than others. And, and you still have that 10 days where guys are kind of tiptoeing around the rink, wondering kind of who's next, obviously. Right. So uh, the deadline's never easy on anyone in the, in the NHL. And 
um, you know, we've already shipped off four guys and, um, you know, could be more, uh, so they say. So right now you just come to the rink, uh, you work hard, put your gear on and, and, uh, play hard for, you know, like I said before, you play hard for, for the city and the fans that come to watch you play and, and play hard for yourself and play hard for your teammates. And that's all you can really can control. Shenner, tell us about your experience about playing with Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, you were traded to St. Louis in 2017. He was traded in St. Louis the following summer. You guys, the next year, win the Stanley Cup. And a couple days ago, you had to hear the news that he was traded away. What's that uh, sort of shock been like uh, for you? Yeah, obviously, um, it's, it's a guy that I've known since, you know, some hockey camp events way back in the day under, you know, uh, 18s and, and uh, World Junior Camp and stuff like that. And then, yeah, you know, uh, I guess I played World Championships with three of them, with, I think, with him and, uh, you know, six years here. So, uh, you know, just, just playing with him every single day. Uh, he's such a pro. He's such a good leader. Um, just, you know, I, I think even, you know, from our training staff and, and everyone in our locker room, uh, I know the trade kind of happened at a, a time where no one really expected it, but just the, the shock of our locker room and, and everyone around, just how disappointed they were to see a guy like that go. Um, you know, just what he means to everyone. And, and you know, uh, awesome team guy. Toronto's lucky to have him and works extremely hard. And you'll see it. Uh, I don't think, obviously, Toronto practices are open to the public, but the media will see it just the way he works. And uh, he's a guy that's on the ice before practice, long after practice, working on his game. And he's one of those guys that you uh, – uh, you know, he, he pulls guys in to, to work with them and, and uh, encourages the guys to get better. And uh, I feel like I was one of those guys that uh, was uh, was dragged into, um, you know, the fact daddy hockey school, as you know, Coco after practice, where you <laughs> yeah. work on your game. And, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's just an awesome teammate to have. So I, talking to you after this trade was, was done, you know, you raved about Noel Achari and what, in addition, that was alongside Ryan O'Reilly. Maybe give us a little insight on, you know, Achari's role with with the Blues this year, and how much of a loss that is for you guys as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess nickname for him, I guess, is Cookie, right? So Cookie was uh, just he, he's. Where does he get that? Is he, is he like a cookie monster? Does he love chocolate chip cookies? Like, what is he? Right? Fully addicted to cookies. I've never seen anything like it in my life. <laughs> Like, I love it. I'm talking. I'm talking. He needs them for his pregame meal. He needs them like all the time. This guy's just hammering cookies. I don't know if he eats much meals. He just eats cookies all the time. So I think someone in Florida, uh, someone in Florida, I think it was Keith Yandley said give him that nickname uh, after kind of watching uh, a cherry go to work or whatever. So yeah, cookie. He just he comes to the rink every day. He's on the quieter side, but he's such a good teammate. And then when you watch this guy play, he's just like a bowling ball, human wrecking ball. He's like blocking shots. He's like. It's funny, like you'll have it's like head down and like someone's coming to hit him and like he he'll be like stunning guys that are coming to hit him. He's not even seeing him. He's just like cold shoulder. He's just like, yeah, he's just like so like thick and he's physical and good team guy. He's having a great year for us and and uh, you know that's kind of a obviously O'Reilly probably gets a you know a lot of the talk around Toronto, but that's a guy we're going to need in the playoffs and and he can play. You know, anywhere in your lineup, you play center and wing, and and he's going to be physical for him, and and he's going to be able to grind teams down in the playoffs, and that's the guys you need uh, that can get you through four rounds, and he's definitely one of them. 
Braden Shen is our guest from the St. Louis Blues. So you guys were playing on Tuesday night in Carolina around the same time the Leafs were playing the Buffalo Sabres. At what point in time were you informed that Ryan O'Reilly had a hat trick? I guess probably when you got off the ice, you checked your phone. You're like, oh, well, O'Reilly had a hat trick in his third yeah. game with the Leafs. Like, oh, great. Can't believe we <laughs> traded him. <laughs> did you fire <laughs> yeah, him a text no, or, like, no, did you give no. him a ring or what? Yeah, actually, uh, actually I think uh, someone – I think it was like five minutes after the game. Someone's like, yep, fact daddy two and one right now. We're like, oh, no surprise there. And then I think we're just getting on the bus and someone said hat trick. So honestly, I think his phone's been so uh, blown up over the past you know week with obviously getting traded. Then I'm sure first game is a leaf and then getting a hat trick. Uh, I'm going to have to have a word with him. I sent him a text on the hat trick. He didn't even get back to me. So maybe that's just what he expects himself <laughs> nice. right now. Play with Tavares I, and Marner. Uh, but uh, maybe he's happy to get away from that Shen guy playing on his line and getting to with Tavares and Marner. So, uh, no, ha- happy for him. And, and, and you know what? Like, you know, people were, uh, you know, saying, like, the, the year it's not the way um, – it went for him and stuff like that. If you look at his stat line now, he's like 15 goals in like 40 some games. It's not like, you know what I mean? No. He scored a lot of goals. He still has for him. And, and uh, he's a chance there to obviously uh, be a legend for, for Leafs Nation. So, Shannon, let's talk a little bit about you. Um, you know, the next coming days, you're probably going to see more teammates probably leave and, you know, the, the, the future of the, of the organization and the, the Blues sort of set place there's rumors out there that the blues are still actively trying to bring in players for next year you know you're under contract for another five years i believe what what is what is your hope in all this do you hope that this is just a quick retool you bring in some assets you focus on bringing in different players and you get right back into playoff contention next year like a guy like you that knows is going to be around uh what are you hoping for yeah, there's, there's not only me, there's a few of us, right? There's Krug and there's Falk and there's Letty and, you know, Thomas and Kyra Bennington. Like, there's, we feel like we still have a good core. Um, obviously, the year didn't go the way we wanted uh, so far. And, and, you know, with Doug being an experienced DM, he, he gets assets when he can and, and it feels like the team isn't going to win. And um, so what we hope, uh, I guess you never know, is kind of what he did uh, back when we won the Cup is, um, you know, he has first-round picks and hopefully use that as players, and we still feel like we have a, a good core and a good nucleus where we could, you know, uh, go, on a, go on a run next year and be competitive. And, and obviously it just didn't gel this year, uh, like I said, so far. And we were, we we're forced, to, not forced, well, kind of, to, to trade players. And um, like I said, we feel like we still got a lot of game left in our locker room and a lot of good pieces, you know, add Buchnevich to the mix and, and Saad and guys like that too. So there, there's pieces there where we feel um, – where guys are uh, veteran enough that know how to win and and uh, can put it together, and uh, we're just hoping this is off here. So, Shenner, I don't think you've ever been traded at the trade deadline, but you have been traded two years, or sorry, two times in your career, and ironically, on the same day, six years apart. Like, I don't know if you knew that, but on June twenty third in two thousand eleven and two thousand seventeen, you were traded. When that day comes around in the summertime, do you like purposely turn your phone off so that you don't get like a yeah. random call or like how, yeah, how does how does that work out? Yeah, they're both like the first time I was you know younger or whatever, and uh, it was actually summer day or whatever, just walking. I think I was out of the gym and I just had a bunch of text messages, and one was from uh, Craig Oster at Newport, and he uh, he said give me a call, and before you know it, there's obviously that fireworks of trades with Philly uh, with Carter and Richards, and I was happened to be the one of the guys that going the way uh, other way and. 
at that time of year, I mean, I played a little bit of time with LA, so it didn't really, um, uh, I guess it, I shouldn't, it obviously means a lot, but it's it just like, it, it's different. And then the second time he spent six years in Philadelphia, I was on a golf trip with, uh, with three other guys and had a few in the morning guys went down for a little after nap and I got up and I was just like kind of watching the draft. And I literally like looked down on my phone, my phone was on silent. I just saw Ron Hextall calling. I was like, Oh, oh boy. Where am I? <laughs> where am I right now? Yeah. So that, that the second time it wasn't, it, it was just right from Hexy himself. And, uh, yeah, you just, yeah, it's funny. It's like, I always say I've been on TSN's trade bait board like a hundred times, and the only times I haven't been on it is when I've, you know, uh, you know, the times when you're on it, you feel like you don't get traded, and and uh, the times you're not you know, on it, you actually do. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's all obviously all different. Philadelphia was, yeah, you know, good memories there, a good team, and but I feel like St. Louis is kind of the best thing for my career, and I was, uh, you know, happy to to be here, and absolutely love St. Louis. Our guest is Braden Shen from the Blues. Uh, you and the rest of your team tonight host the Vancouver Canucks, which was supposed to be the Shen versus Shen game. Yeah, by there's a lot of uh, Luke. There's a lot of St. Louis restaurants right now that are counting their blessings because <laughs> their fridges are still full. Because or, the, the, or the opposite. <laughs> or the opposite. Less food uh, consumed. But yeah, your brother Luke back in Vancouver for trade-related reasons. Braden, what is the Shen family group text like right now with you and the rest of your family? Oh man, it's uh, uh, even my, Luke said like when he when his phone, or sorry, when he sat on his phone blew up and he's like, people are wondering where he's going. He's just like, oh man, I'm going home. At home. <laughs> yeah, like text you in a couple of days to know where, where I'm going. But uh, yeah, I got my family here in town right now. Uh, it's actually my son's first birthday today. And, uh, nice! To, yeah, Happy yeah, birthday, Luke, man. What a yeah, big day. Yeah, yeah, so Luke was supposed to be here too. And, uh, you know, just you know, kind of give him the option, right? You can kind of follow us around on the road and not play. And I think they had an off day in St. Louis yesterday too. So the team wasn't even skating and he wasn't going to play today. So, or you go home and spend time with your family and, and you know, kind of wait because you're going to be with your family there for, yeah, pregnant wife that's due here in, in a couple weeks. So, He's got a lot on his plate, a lot going on. Um, you know, hopefully something gets done for him and uh, gets, you know, put in a good situation. And, uh, you know, happy for him. He's he's grinded hard for the past, you know, four or five years to put himself in this situation where, uh, you know, he's kind of a wanted commodity and, and you know, a guy that is physical and brings a different element to, to the game. And uh, honestly, I feel like he's better now than he was four years ago. So, uh, you know, hopefully gets put in a good situation and, and, uh, you know, brings the, the Shen family home another cup. Well, hey, man, there's a lot of people in Toronto that are listening that maybe this is one of the spots he lands because they would welcome yeah. back with open arms. But we'll see how that plays out. Look, man, we really appreciate you joining us. I know it's a game day. It's always tough to get players to come on. But, uh, you know, you were happy enough to do it, and we're, we're really thankful of that. Um, just before we let you go, with the whole Ryan O'Reilly situation, after the first game you played, you were – in one of the intermissions talking to Andy Strickland and you were talking about the situation, you kind of hinted at the fact that he might be back next year. I think it's, you know, it's wrong maybe for all of us to assume, but what are your thoughts on maybe him potentially returning as a St. Louis blue uh, following the season? Oh man. Hey, you know, hopefully that's, that's wishful thinking with, uh, uh, you know, him being back, obviously uh, him and his wife, uh, Dana, uh, love it here. And, um, you know, St. Louis, as you know, Coke is a good family city. So, like I said, things happen. Uh, yeah. 
Curry's going to love Toronto. Uh, it's kind of two completely different things. Obviously, it's a little bit quiet. The other one's got to be a little bit more hectic on them. But, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, teams are going to be hot after him after you kind of see the, the stretch that he has here for the last, you know, 25 games and, and uh, you know, into the playoffs. I'm sure he's, you know, as we know, he's a performer. He's almost a point of game in the past however many years. And, and uh, like I said, there's going to be a lot of teams after him and, and him only being 31 years old, he's got, still got a lot of game left in him. So, Whatever happens for him, we hope it's here. Guys in St. Louis definitely hope it's here, but uh, that's going to be a decision for, for him and his family and, and, and Newport and whatever they, direction they want to go. But uh, we'd love to have him back and have that C on his jersey again. Well, look, it's probably going to be tough the rest of the season seeing new faces come in, uh, familiar faces leave. But uh, all the best to you in the rest of the season and your own success. Hopefully it's a quick turnaround for St. Louis. Hopefully the cookie budget will get back to normal right now because there'll be a lot more available knowing that Achari's not there. And uh, wish the best for your brother for us, too. Obviously, he's on our minds, and we hope uh, everything works out for him, too. So thanks for joining us today, Brian. Awesome. Thanks, guys. And, uh, yeah, anytime. Uh, love to hop and, back on. And, and so. get yourself a nice... Ice cold, crisp there romaine lettuce for there pregame meal today. <laughs> hey, Chris. I learned that lesson from Coco. I just talked to the show back in the day. It's all about the crisp yeah. lettuce at pregame. And, and if it's not, people at the hotel hear about it. So. Exactly, buddy. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Brandon. All right, buddy. Thanks. We'll chat later. Bye. You got it. That's Braden Shen. And I think I, I mentioned when you texted us yesterday, Coco, uh, Braden Shen's coming on the show. I wrote over under like one and a half minutes until crisp romaine lettuce is mentioned. The overhead. It was like minute number 11 or minute number 12. <laughs> but crisp romaine got in the mix oh, as it should. Uh, thanks to Absolutely. Braden Shen. Uh, if you missed any of our interviews today uh, with Braden Shen or Dave Festchuk or James Duthie, we had Mike Johnson on, make sure to find our podcast wherever podcasts are found. And in the podcast today, there are mystery clues to the identity of a, mis- a uh, mystery Toronto Raptor, I should say. And if you piece the clues together in each hour, go to tsn1050.ca. And you and a friend could be going to see the Raps next week. We'll be back with my FanDuel Best Bets to conclude today's program next. We are giving away a pair of Raptors tickets. Listen to each hour of the First Up podcast for a clue to the identity of a former or current Raptors player. Once you have all the clues and you know the identity of the player, you'll have until the end of the day to enter at tsn1050.ca for your chance to win the tickets. Here is your clue. The fourth and final clue in the Reveal That Raptor contest. This Raptor was drafted in round one by Toronto. Okay, time now for today's Best Bets brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. If you've been listening to this program over the last week or so, you know I am very proficient in wagering on the XFL. The XFL 3-0 last week. We're going to start off Thursday night football with the winner, Seattle Sea Dragons. I almost tried to make a sound mimicking a Sea Dragon. Not sure what that would be, but I like them minus three. I'm also on the Tampa Bay Lightning on the puck line tonight, hosting the Buffalo Sabres. Man, Tampa has just dominated Buffalo over the years while playing at home, and I think they do that again tonight. I'm also on the over between Braden Shen's St. Louis Blues and the Vancouver Canucks as well. Today's best bets brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. 
Big afternoon for yours truly, Coco, attending a live podcast taping with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce here in Toronto. Cannot reveal the location. It has actually not yet been disclosed. So it's going to be something special. Very small, intimate venue. Looking forward to sharing some stories on tomorrow's program. And if you have any questions, you want me to ask KG or Paul Pierce, Cheese, 20 Fingers, Coco, you guys let me know. I'll be sure to pass them along to my new best friends, Paul Pierce. Nice. Make sure you get some content for the show tomorrow. That's the plan, buddy. That's the plan. What's, What's going on with you? Not much, man. Uh, I got the kids <laughs> home from school, so oh, that's nice. not much I can do. So probably Many go sticks. out and get the snowblower out. I don't know. I'll probably get the snowblower out, maybe shovel my driveway, maybe my neighbor's driveways. Um, I don't know. We'll just see. Maybe Home that's Depot. We, I don't know if I'll that's have what we call the time. Mike Johnson. The Mike Johnson. Yes. You shovel, shovel your neighbor's driveway. Yes. Uh, well, fantastic work, as always, by our man. She's... Great guests, great segment cultivation, and Chrissy, you are the true warrior this morning, soldiering in in these subpar conditions on the roads and uh, making the show sing like you always do. Uh, We appreciate your guys' hard work, as always. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Wow, Friday tomorrow. Big Friday night ahead as well. Oh, fired up for the weekend already. What do we call Fridays? We call Fridays TGIF Fridays. All Request Friday. And All Request Friday, of course. That, uh, Bringing the bang that. tomorrow. Yes, I love yes. that. So we'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Ciao.